Good morning. Good morning. Today's daf is Gitin Daf Samach Beis. We begin by thanking our sponsors. We thank Naftali Tilson of Talmud Israel for sponsoring the daf, not just the daf, but for sponsoring all the shurim of the month of Tammuz in honor of the artset of his dear parents, Rabbi ben Avram Leib and Rivka Bas Yaakov. Shama should have an aliyah and the family should have a nacham. We also thank Aaron and Alana Weinberg for sponsoring the week of learning, the week of learning with gratitude to Hashem on the 12th anniversary of their fua of their son, Yonatan Shai. May Yonatan Shai continue to grow, to be healthy and strong and give nachas to his parents and to our entire kihilo. I'm going to go back a couple lines behind on Daf Samach Aleph Ahmed Bey's. Oh, let me turn the recording on. We're going to start from Daf Samach Aleph Ahmed Bey's at the bottom. Just a quick recap of what's going on over here. There's a discussion as to whether or not we are worried that people are going to switch foods out. A similar discussion like that comes up with we're not going to have that discussion right now. But the idea over here is, are we concerned when we give someone food that they're not going to return exactly the same food? Rather, what they're going to do is switch it, sometimes for better food, sometimes for worse food. In the previous Gemara wasn't exactly clear exactly how to read it. Was she giving the yeshiva guys better food or not as good food? But the bottom line is, are we concerned that when you give someone food, are they going to return different food in its place. So we're going to start four lines from the bottom, where it says, five lines from the bottom, Is it true that we don't suspect regular people switching the food of Atanya? We learned in Hebrew, which means the wife of somebody who keeps halacha should not go ahead and grind with somebody who does not keep halacha, with the wife of Amaretz. Sorry, she's allowed to go ahead and grind up food together with an Eishes Amaretz, with a woman who does not keep halacha. This is only true while she's Tameo. What is the reason for that? Because while she's Tameo already, when she's already in a state of impurity, she knows not to put the food in her mouth. She's careful not to put the food in her mouth. While she's in a state of purity, she can't go because she's accustomed to putting food in her mouth. Even while she is Tamea, she should not grind it. Why? Her friend is ultimately going to give her something to eat. Here you came to help me grind up the wheat. So let me give you some lunch. So the Gemara says, hold on. She's going to steal food and giving it, give it to this woman to eat. She won't switch. And now why, does, why do we assume she's stealing food? So what the, the way Rashi explains this is that she may take food that doesn't belong to her. It might belong to her husband. She takes food from the house which belongs to her husband. She gives the food to this person who's helping her. So now she's willing to take somebody else's lunch and give it to somebody else to eat because she wants to be nice to them. Well, will she not go ahead and switch food out? I mean, people would be more ahead to much more quickly to switch food where no one's losing any money just to even switch, just an even swap. But this, this woman already went ahead and stole food and gave it to her. So the Gemara seems to conclude from here that people will switch food. The Gemara says no. 
That's not a good rationale. Amr Yosef Hasunami Maria Va'amra. She's going to come up with a logical explanation, with a justification as to why she can do this. She can say, Tura Midishe Ka'achel. The halacha is, when a person is using an ox to go ahead and plow in the field, you're not allowed to put a muzzle on the ox. Why? Because it's just rude. The animal's walking through the field, it sees there's lunch on the right, lunch on the left, it bows down to take a little bit of food, ah, there's something in its mouth. It's terribly rude to do that to an animal. So she says, here I have someone coming over to help me grind the food, standing in the kitchen cooking, and I'll let her go home hungry. That's terrible. So therefore, she says to herself, if I'm not allowed to let, to let my ox plow the field without giving it lunch, I most certainly can't allow this lovely lady from next door to come by and do this work without giving her lunch. So therefore, she will be more a hatter. She'll justify stealing from her husband to give her food because she'll say, that's my mitzvah that I have to do. But switching someone's food is just dishonest. You're taking someone else's food and switching it for something else. She won't go ahead and do that. Hey, Rabbi Yossi. In the third line, Tafsamach Pesam Aleph. Hey, Rabbi Yossi ben Meshulam, Meshum Rabbi Yochanan Achiv, Sha'amar, Meshum Rabbi Lazar ben Chasma. So there's a long list of names over here, but ultimately we're going to discuss what the halacha is when a person has a service. So we don't have these, now that we have uh, kitchen appliances that uh, you can buy on Amazon, and most of our food is already prepared, we don't really have these things these businesses but it used to be in the old days if you needed to make uh to, to bake bread you needed someone who was very strong to knead the dough not everybody had the wherewithal to knead the dough by themselves it's a pretty grueling process you go to a matzah bakery where they bake matzah by themselves by by hand you see the guy who has to go ahead and beat up that dough you got to be pretty strong so you know many people many many of our grandmothers will tell us about the back pain that they have from kneading the dough to bake challah. Because before everybody had a bosh or a KitchenAid in their house, it was a big process to go and knead the dough. So therefore, the strong guy in the neighborhood had a business where if you want your your dough to be kneaded, bring it to this guy, he'll knead the dough, it will be kneaded really well, then you take it home. So this we're discussing over here what the halacha is with a from religious, halachic, observant person who is a megabel. He is, a, he is a kneader. He's not needy. He's a kneader with a K. So now what happens over here is, Ligmar says as follows, Ein osin chalas ama'aret betaira, aval osin isas chulin betaira, venotal heimenu kdechala umanicha pekefisha albanchu. So what does this mean? So sometimes an ama'aret will come by to a tamar chacham and say, listen, I know that there's a mitzvah called chala. Now, the mitzvah of challah is not that a person should be eating challah. We like to eat challah on Shabbos, which is beautiful. And, but the mitzvah of challah that we're referring to here is when a person bakes dough, they have to take off challah and give it to the Kohen. So the halacha is, in osin chalas amaretz b'tayra, if an amaretz comes by with his dough, and he says to a Talmud Chacham, listen, Rabbi so-and-so, I want to do the mitzvah of challah. I don't know how to do it. Can you take off challah for me? Now, the dough is already tameh because the guy's an amaris. He doesn't keep halacha. And therefore, the assumption is that the dough is going to be tameh. So now this tamar chacham cannot go ahead and take off the challah while he is tahar and then give it back to the amaris because what's going to happen is the Kohen's going to assume, oh, Rabbi so-and-so took off the challah. This is going to be challah tahora. This is going to be ritually pure challah. No problem. I can go ahead and eat it. Meanwhile, he doesn't realize that the 
this dough was already tummy from beforehand. So therefore, he has to be careful not to take Ochal while he's tar, because he's misleading the Kohen to believe that this dough is tar. The truth is, it's not. It was already tummy from beforehand. However, Osin Isa Bechulav Betara, he's allowed to actually knead the dough. So now, before he makes the dough, it doesn't become tummy. Now, the halacha is the the Tamar Chacham is allowed to go ahead and make the dough. He can knead the dough for him and then take off challah and then give back the dough, the prepared dough for the bread, along with the separated challah, which is going to go to the Kohen. He gives it back to the Amaretz as long as he puts it into Umanicha Bikefisha O Ba'anchusa. He can put it into this strange keli. The bottom line with this, this Kefisha Ba'anchusa is Rashi explains it's, it's a kelim shel balai. It's something which is namakalatome. It can't become tame. They'll see later that Tosfus understands that it's a board. The reason why Tosfus understands it to be a board is it's just a, a slab of wood. There's no base kibble. There's no area where it can actually hold something. And that's why you could use this for dough. Dough is self-sustaining. You put it down, it's not going to run off the side of the board. So you can put it on this board and give it back to him. We're going to see later why that's relevant, because soon we're going to talk about olive oil. You can't give olive oil back to somebody on a board. It's not going to work out very well. But when it comes to giving dough back, so according to Tosfis, it's putically eights. It's just a slab of wood. According to Rashi, it seems like it's made out of just leftover small pieces of clothing. The bottom line is it's something which cannot be mekabal tuma. It does not accept tuma on it. Therefore, you can just give it back to the to the Amaretz, and you don't have to worry that the Amaretz is going to go ahead and open it up and touch it. Similarly, the Ein Osin Trumas Zesav Betaira, when Amaretz comes to a Tamar Chacham, you can't take the Truma off of his olive oil, off of his pre-made olive oil while you're Tahar. Again, misleading the Kohen. The Kohen's going to think it's Tahar. You're allowed to actually be the one who presses the olives. You take off the required amount of truma from the olive oil. You put it in a vessel that belongs to the Tamar Chacham. When the Amaretz goes ahead. He, and he wants to take it. Nota, he could take Nota name. He takes his olive oil. He takes the truma oil. We're not worried he's going to make a tummy. So that's the two halachas. Halacha number one, in both cases, it's the same. Halacha number one, if the food is already tamea, it's ritually impure, the, the Tamar Chacham cannot go ahead and take off challah or truma because that will mislead the Kohen to believe, oh, look, it's coming from a Tamar Chacham. It must be tahar, I can eat it. However, if the Tamar Chacham gets a hold of it before it became Tmeya or Tame, then yes, he can go ahead, he can do the whole process of taking off the Chumor or the Chala. He's even allowed to give it back to the Amaretz, and we're not worried that the Amaretz is going to touch it and make it Tame. The Gemara says, Why are we not worried that the Amaretz is going to make it Tame? The truth really is, we really would rather not return this food to the Amaretz, who's Tame, because, again, he's Tame, and he doesn't really know so much about halacha. So therefore, we pre- prefer not to give something, 
which is tar to him. However, you have to, we, in other words, we have to allow these people to have parnasa. Imagine telling a guy who has a business, you know something? You're, a, you're an olive pressing guy. You're a guy who, who needs dough. You can only do business with the uber-religious in the community. The people who are not so, so observant, you're not allowed to let them into your store. The guy's going to go broke. So therefore, we understood that such a takana, not allowing the guy, the from guy, the religious guy, to go ahead and do his business with everybody is going to put him out of business, and therefore they did not extend the takana that far. And again, it makes sense that when you do these different, different shinuyim, you put the chala back, shinuyim, and there's these little differences, you put the chala back into a different type of vessel, or you, you put the oil into a vessel that belongs to the guy who actually presses it, those differences will hopefully help him maintain the level of purity that it needs to have. The Gemara says, we actually have to mention this halacha both when it comes to a guy who needs dough and with regard to a person who presses alas. If you're only going to say this halacha with regard to a person who prepares dough, he doesn't make that much money. How much can you charge a guy to mix up his dough? So therefore, you'd say, listen, that person, he's not get, getting paid all that much. That's why we said the halacha over there. We have to allow the guy to get some business. A guy who makes oil. Oil is a commodity. It costs a lot of money to press, to press alas. You have to have sophisticated equipment to do it. You charge a lot of money. So maybe when it comes to a person like that, he's making enough money. So therefore... Maybe he would not be able to do the service for Amars. If we say the other way around, I would say, How, many, how often does a guy have the opportunity to go ahead and press olives? It's a seasonal thing. When the olives are ripe, people come by with their olives to make olive oil. But it's only a seasonal kind of business. If you're not going to make all your money during that season, then you don't have money for the rest of the year. But a guy who makes dough... Pasuk says, which means people live off of bread. It's a staple of people's diet. You need to have bread in January. You need to have bread in August. So therefore, it makes no difference when it is. It's not a seasonal food. Every single week, people come by to bake bread. So therefore, maybe he's not making a lot of money each time, but it's a business that continues to, to, to thrive throughout the whole year. But an olive oil, an olive press, it's seasonal. So therefore, I would say, maybe in that case, we allow the olive oil guy to do it, but not the guy who bakes bread. So Gemara says the halacha in both cases, like this, we would say, whether you're an olive oil guy or you're a dough-making guy, you can go ahead and do business with people who are not necessarily careful about the halachas of Toma and Tyra. Just make these slight little differences in the way that you're going to return it to him, like this will be careful with it. Amar he goes back and he analyzes it. You take a little bit of chala, you put it into this type of vessel that's not going to be mekabal toma. It can't, it can't become tamay. You, you give it back to him, Amar takes both, and we're not worried he's going to make it tamay. Gemar says, I understand. Why not? The guy is bringing it home. Why do you think he's not going to touch it? Gemara says, the Amri lay, you say to the guy, Chazi, listen, inagat bay, hadra You tell the guy, if you're going to touch this, it's going to go back to being tevel. In other words, you brought it to me to fix it, 
you brought me this, this, this dough, you asked me to take off the trum, the challah, I took off the challah, but I'm letting you know, if you do as much as touch it, it goes back to being tevel. Now, the Achronim are very busy with this because it's not true. This is just not true. If you took off challah, he took off challah. There's no halach that if you touch the challah afterwards, that it comes back to being, to being tevel. So the Achronim are busy with explaining how does he say something which is not true. So there are some who actually work through the language. He didn't actually say it's going to become tummy. Others say that actually what he has to do is he has to throw a contingency in there when he takes off the challah and say, I'm only taking off this challah on condition that the guy doesn't touch it. And if he touches it, then I'm not taking off the challah. So in other words, they want to avoid having, I think some sofa says this, I'm going to avoid the guy actually lying. You can't just lie to a guy and tell him that it's going to, it's going to become tough. Now, the truth is, Rashi, if you look at Rashi, Rashi says, One second. He says, I am a love. Where's that Rashi? Yeah, Amrinan, I am a love. You threaten him. So according to Rashi, it does sound like he's just threatening him, which is with a little bit of an empty threat. But again, the guy's not Mars. So he won't know. But, but the Chassam Sofer explains, he's not just giving him an empty threat. He actually throws this contingency in there, and therefore brings it back to being All right, anyway... Maybe the guy will say, I don't care. Listen, I'm not really, I'm not one of these guys who care all that much. The guy says, it doesn't make sense. And the guy came by. He showed up. He came to the rabbi's house. And he said, can you do me a favor? Can you take off the challah? So now he shows up. In other words, the guy doesn't care. What's he showing up for? No one asked him to come over to have the challah taken off. He wasn't forced to come over. He voluntarily showed up and asked God to take off challah. Obviously, he does care. So Amar Mar, Okay, when it comes to the, to the olive oil, he takes off some olive oil, takes off chuma, and he puts it in a vessel that belongs to the Tamar Chacham. He takes both, and we're not worried about it. Maybe he will touch it. So Bishlam Hasam Gmaran stands, it's everything makes sense in the case of the dough, because it's Lihakera. He put into a Kali that's not Makabotoma, it t- it cannot ultimately transmit the Toma. Hachamai. Over here, what does he do? Maya Kariasli. What's what's the hacker? He, he puts it into any type of vessel. He puts it into earthenware kalim, which again are not makabotoma. So therefore the Gemara, the Gemara says that a very strong detail was left out. When he returns it to the Amaretz in the Kalim of the, ta- the Tamar Chacham, it has to be the Tanama Kalatoma. Why do you have to use your own Kalim? Why do you have to provide the guy with a Kali who needs that? Give it to him in his own Kalim. Tell him, listen, I'll be happy to take off the tumor for you. Just do me a favor, show up with an earthenware Kali that's Nama Kavotoma. The Gemara says, Hachanami Kamar. That's what I meant to say. The Kalim Shel Amaaretz Haru'uyin Lishtamash Behen Chavar. He uses Kalim that belong to the owner, to the Amaaretz, 
but, the, but those kalim need to be kalim that would be usable by the Talmud Chacham. In other words, which kalim of an Amaaretz would a Talmud Chacham use? He would use kalim that can't become Tameh. So therefore, that's what it means. All it means is that he tells them, bring kalim to the camp of Mechavot Tuma. So I'll take, I'll prepare your olive oil for you. I'll take off the truma, and I'll put your truma olive oil into a keli, into a vessel that cannot become tameh, and that's all the Gemara means. Now again, it's important to notice that the Gemara really says that the whole reason why we allow this to happen is because we want these guys to have a parnas. So it's very difficult for people to do business if we're going to limit the customers that are going to show up. So therefore, Chazal allowed them to do this. The Gemara continues. The Mishnah mentioned the number of things we do because of Shalom, because, of, because we want to keep the peace, the tranquility among society. So it says, You're allowed to be mechazek, to strengthen the hands of Akum, who are working on fields near Israel during Shviyas. Mar says, Machzikin, can you actually go ahead and help them? You're not allowed to go ahead and work with Akum with Ode Kachavim during Shvius. So, how can you tell me you're allowed to go ahead and support their work? The Gemara says, the continues, You can't double the word Shalom to Ode Kachavim. Now, again, why can't you, what's the issue? The issue is Shalom was one of the names of Kadesh Baruch Hu. So, the Mishnah says you're allowed to say Shalom to, a, to an Ode Kachavim because you want to keep the peace. But you can't say it twice. You can't use a Kadesh Baruch Hu's name twice. Once is enough, so you can only say it once. Gemara says, When it says that you're allowed to be machzik, to strengthen the hands of the Akum who are working on the fields during Shvius, it doesn't mean you actually physically go out there and help them. Rather, it just means you say, You should be strengthened, the Baruch will help you. It's probably where the word Yashakayach came from. So you should have Kayach, you should have strength. Go ahead, thank you so much for working the field. would say to them, you should be strong. Another term which means that they should be able to be, they should be strong, they should be successful in the work that they're doing in the land during the year of Shemitah. Analyzing that line, you can't double the word Shalom, when you speak to an Ovid Kachavim, Rav Chista Makdim Shalma. Rav Chista would be, he'd always go, he'd be the first one to sh- say Shalom. In other words, he would not wait for an Akim to come over to him and say Shalom. He would be the first one to say Shalom. Rav Kahana Amar Shamalamar. Rav Kahana would say Shamalamar. So why was it that he would be Makdim it? So some explain that the you know, just like when people, some, in our society, people would say, Shalom Aleichem, others would respond and say, Aleichem Shalom. So there was, it was considered standard amongst that society, if someone would say Shalom to you, you wouldn't want to just give back a Shalom, you'd say, Shalom, Shalom, you'd say it twice. So therefore, the Gemara says that when Chista would be on the street, he would not, he would, who's Makbar on this halach, he wouldn't want to say shalom twice. So therefore, he was always the first one to say shalom. Like this, he doesn't have to say shalom twice. 
and um, Rav Kahana, he would say Shamalamar. So it's interesting about what this means. Rashi explains, he would say Shamalamar. Rashi says he's actually being a little bit deceitful. He didn't mean to say Shalom to him. He said, Shalom to my Rebbe, Shalom to my Rebbe. And what he meant was he was talking about his Rebbe, his actual Rebbe. But if you look at Rashi, he says, His heart was to his, actually to his Rebbe. Tosas doesn't really like that because it sounds like it's Ganevas Das. And you walk over to a guy and you say Shalom Aleichem to him, and you're not even saying Shalom Aleichem to him. If you look at the bottom of Tosas on the page, he says, Pirish Bekunchus, Vlo Haya Machavan Levarcho, El Libo Haya Lerabe, Vitzarachian, Shlo Yiev is a gun of Das Abrios. You're fooling him. It's not right. You can't do that. You can't have a guy thinking that you're actually saying hello to him. And he, Tosas says, Valchina Pirish Kain, Vlo Kamar Elot, and Kofalon Shalom. He just meant. He would say Shamul Amar. He would never. He would act, he would, wouldn't actually double it. Okay. The Gemara continues. V'shalom v'shloman. You're allowed to ask them how they are doing. Hashta achzuki machzakinan. Shalom v'shloman mibayle. Mibay. The missionary told us you're allowed to go ahead and wish them well. Do you have to actually now? say that you could say shalom to them? Now the truth is, the question is an interesting question, because when you say to somebody, I hope your crop turns out well. I hope that you have a good day out there in the field. Nothing wrong with that. The, what we're mentioning about the issue of being shalom or shalom is that the name shalom is a Kodesh Baruch Hu's name. You have to be very careful with the use of that name. You only use it in the right context. So it's an interesting question. Amar explained, This is specifically talking about it was a holiday for the Akum. And that's much more risky. Why? Because as we learned in the beginning of Sechus of Adazara, be very careful when it comes around the, the holiday season for Akum not to say anything to them that will make them go back to their deity or to whatever holiday that they're actually serving. Go ahead and say, you know what? Thank you. Look, the Jews are actually coming over to us. They recognize us. They're coming to say hello to us on our holiday. And they're going to go ahead and be moda to their actual avodazaros. Therefore, you have to be very careful. So that's what it means. When the Mishnah says, Shalom Mishloman, it's talking about it was their holiday. Datanya, lo yekanis adam chavim. Person's not allowed to walk into the house of an akum. Biyom edo and day of his holiday. Vitino shalom. And to express a expression of shalom to him. Matsu Bashuk, if you find him in the street, no sin low, you can't actually say shalom to him. However, it has to be Bishafa Rafa Bakovarosh with sincerity. Shouldn't be filled with friv- a frivolous behavior. Why? Because if you do that, say, look how excited this guy is. He comes over to me all excited, or you know what? He shows up to my house. He knocked on my door. He came to give me Shalachmanis. It must be that he is actually, our, our God is actually doing a good job, and the, and the, the Akim goes ahead and expresses thanks to their, whatever it might be, to their, to their Avodah Zarah, and that's going to be very appropriate, so therefore you have to be very careful. Rav Huna and Rav Chista were sitting down, and Chalaf Vaazel Geneva. Geneva passed by as they were sitting there. Amr Lechad Lechavre. One of them, I'm not sure which one, either of Hun or of Chista, one of them said to the other, We should stand up for this guy, Geneva. He's a very big Tavon Chacha. Amr Lo, he said back to him, 
Should we stand up in front of this belligerent person? If you remember on Daf Zayin of this Masechta, Mar Ukva was complaining that somebody was driving him crazy. He wasn't sure, maybe he should actually turn him into the authorities. Who was the guy he was complaining about? He was Geneva. Geneva would constantly bother him. So ultimately, he, they said, this is the guy who's always asking these questions to Mar Ukva and bothering Mar Ukva. Should we stand up for him? So Mikami Palganekum Adahachi Asa. Meanwhile, Gneva came over to them. Asa Iu Gabayu. He came to them. Amar Lahu Shama Alaichu Malchi. Shama Alaichu Malchi. Basically, he said the plural term of Shalom Aleichem to the kings. He referred to Rav Huna and Rav Chista as kings. So they were a little bit taken aback. Amrulei, they said to him, Minalach. How do you know that Rabbanan, Tamidikachamin, are referred to, are called kings? He said to him, first says in the Pasuk, He gave them a Pasuk. So Amrulay, they said to him, How do you know you're supposed to actually say Shalom twice? Because he said it twice. Amar Lahu, Dhammar Vihuda Marav, for Vihuda Marav said, how do we know that you're supposed to say Shalom twice to Melch Shinemar? For it says, Beruach, Lavsha, Samasa, Rech, Hashalishim. The Gemara is actually missing the part, the part that's important. For anyone who says, you'll be able to finish up the Pasuk. It says, It says, Shalom, it says, Shalom twice in the Pasuk. Beruach, Lavsha, Samasa, Rech, Hashalishim, Lacha, David, Veimcha, Ben, Yishai, Shalom, Shalom, and it says Shalom twice over there. So the end of the Pasuk, which is not actually listed in the Pasuk, actually has Shalom twice written in that Pasuk. Amrilei litim marmidi. So they, and they were pretty impressed with Geneva at this point. So they said, you know, maybe you should have something to eat. Amr lahu, he said to them, Hachi Amr of Yehuda Marav, this is what Yehuda Marav said, Adam I can't eat. Why? Because there's a halacha. You're not allowed to eat anything before you feed your animals. I will give Esav vegetation in your field of Hemtecha. It says your animals before it says actually giving food to the people. It's actually a very interesting. So this is a halacha that many people are familiar with. That when a person has animals, you're supposed to give food to your animals before you give it to the people. Obviously, this is something to help a person work, work on their own midos. But Rav Moshe actually has an interesting teshuva in, in the Arachayim, I think it's in Chelek Beis, where he was asked, it's based off of a Sefer Hasidim, where Rivka, it says, that she, when, when Eliezer came to Rivka, she first said, Shasei v'gam ligmalecha Shasei. She first gave Eliezer Esther, she, she first gave Eliezer, said, you drink, and I'll also give you camels. It looks like she gave Eliezer first, before the animals. So who comes first, the people or the animals? So the Sefer Chassidim has a whole discussion about whether drinking is different than feeding. Ultimately, the Moshe was asked in that tshuva, if a person has children and a person has animals, which ones come first? At the end of the tshuva, he basically explains that the reason why you give animals first is because they can't take care of themselves. An animal can't go into the kitchen and cook lunch or cook dinner. So therefore, the animal's helpless until you give them. However, people 
can take care of themselves. So says Rav Moshe, if a person has children at home who are not at an age that they're able to prepare food for themselves, of course, says Rav Moshe, you give the children first. We should be zochet to finish the entire Masechet together. Tzamach Beis, Amad Beis, a new parak Omer. Now it's important to note that, um, not that it makes that much of a difference in terms of learning this, there are different opinions amongst the Rishonim whether parak Omer, which is the parak we're starting right now, should indeed be the sixth parak, or perhaps it should be the seventh parak after the next one, but the way our Gemara's are published, it comes as the sixth parak, and that's how we're going to learn it. Ha'omer hiskabel get zeh le'ishti. So let's just remind ourselves, we're getting back into Masechus Gitin over here. Now we started off Masechta with a discussion of a person who sends a get. What does this mean? That means there's husband and there is wife. They're in two different locations. Husband wants to divorce his wife, so he sends somebody to deliver the get to his wife. That is called a shliach laholacha. The husband has the ability to appoint someone in his stead to deliver the get. Similarly, she has the opportunity to appoint someone in her stead to accept the get called the shliach lekabala. This mission is going to talk about if a person sends the get or sends someone to pick up the get, at what point can the husband back out of sending the get? So the Gemara says, the Mishnah says, the Omer hiskabel get zele ishti. Person says, accept this get for my wife. Now, it's an interesting terminology because it's not up to him to actually accept the get. His job is to send the get. Her job is to accept the get. He used the terminology which belongs to her, which is, he says, I want you to be a shliach to be mekabel, a shliach lekabala, a shliach to accept the get for my wife. Oh, or he says, holech getzel ishti. Please bring this get to my wife. Imratzel lachzar, yachzar. Mishnah says, if he wants, you can call the guy up and say, you know what? Thank you so much for coming by yesterday to pick up the get. And I know you know all the halachas, really, and he says, you know what? Changed my mind. Come back, give me the get. Allah is, no problem. The shliach goes back, gives the get. And nothing has happened. However, Ha'isha Sha'amra, she says to somebody, please go ahead and accept my get from me. If she wants to back out, she can't back out because when that person accepts the get for her, the garrison is done. She's divorced. Therefore, Lafiko says the Mishnah, so she sends a person to go ahead and accept her get for her. So let's just say Rachel and Leah. Rachel says to Leah, listen, Leah, do me a favor. Can you go pick up my get, accept it on my behalf? Okay, she goes, Leah goes there, she accepts it. Now, if Reuven wants to have some more time to think about this after giving the get, he would have to say to Leah, Leah, I know that you were appointed as a shliach lekabala to accept the get for my wife. However, I don't want you to actually accept it for her. Rather, I just want you to be a delivery person. Such a case, in Rotsalachzar, Yachzar, he could still back out. Mishim Gamliel says, 
Even if a person says, a woman says, go take my get for me, in why? Because the terminology of tall take is similar to his to accept it for me. So that's the Mishnah. We, the Mishnah has basically three different halachas. Number one, if he sends the get, he can back out. Number two, once she appoints somebody to accept it for her, it's a done deal. Number three, the husband can place conditions on the one accepting it by saying, I know you're here as a shliach le Kabbalah, but I am not willing to allow you to do that. So and therefore he can still back out. And then we have the side halacha over here, which is that the term, terminology tol is tantamount to the term, terminology of iskabel. The Gemara begins, What's the reason? If you look at the Mishnah, it says, Ha'omer hiskabel get ishti. Person says, accept this get from my wife. What's the problem here? He, the guy, does not have the ability to appoint her as one who can accept it. That's why it doesn't work. The Gemara says the problem is him. However, if she would do it, if she would have ultimately appointed him as a shliach l'kabbalah, he would not be allowed to back out. Gemara says, if, I don't know if you remember, at the beginning of the Sechta, we had a whole discussion whether the, term, the terminology of holech bring it actually means you should accept it and be zocha in it and take ownership over the item. So the Gemara says, it seems like from our Mishnah, holech and zechi, zechi literally means be zocha in it, take ownership over it. Holech is just the same thing. The Gemara says, lo, it's not true. Lo'olam, emelach, I'll be able to explain to you holech lav kizchi. The terminology of holech does not work like the terminology of zechi, the reason why we mentioned the terminology over here of Hiskabel, again, we have Hiskabel and Holech, we had them next to each other. The reason we mention this is because of the terminology of Hiskabel. I would say the following. I would have thought, He has no business ever making a Shliach Kabbalah. He cannot appoint somebody to accept the get. So I would say, like, I would say, if the husband even uses that terminology, which is, accept the get, then maybe the whole thing is, is irrelevant. Who are you to appoint a shliach to accept the get? You say to somebody, you're wearing the wrong shoes. You can't say, so you would think the whole thing becomes null and void. What he meant when he said Iskabel, he didn't mean to be such a big lambda. He didn't mean to say, I mean that you should be the one accepting it. He doesn't get that far. He just meant to say, do me a favor, can you please come get it and bring it to her? So that's the point of the Mishnah. The point of the Mishnah is not to teach me that the terminology of holech would be tantamount to the terminology of Zechi, which would mean that they could actually make a kinney, they could acquire it with this language. He wasn't such a big Lamdan, he wasn't such a big Tamar Chacham, he just was trying to say, can you come by and get the get and bring it to my wife? That's all he meant to say. Tonight, Mishnah says, Isha Shamra Skabali get Giti. 
A woman who appoints somebody to accept to get imratza lachzer, lo yachzer, can't back out. My love must be loshna kabbalah, loshna halacha. It makes, in other words, when she appoints somebody, it makes no difference whether it was for kabbalah or halacha, and therefore. Again, we we'll try to use this to teach us that the Holech will be Kizachi, where it says, Lo, Kabbalah, it's just simply referring to her point, to, to, to her Shliach, who's going to accept it. Tashma, Gemara tries to bring a riot. Lefikach, in Amar Lo Abal, if the husband would say, I don't want you to accept it for her, Ella Holech, just bring it, V'tain Lo, and give it to her. And Ratzalachsa Yachzar, he's let it back out. Now, it's only because he actually was very clear he doesn't want this person to accept it. Sounds like if he didn't put that stipulation in there, he would not be able to back out. Again, it seems like the terminology of Holech would mean it's a done deal. No, Dilma Behelech, sorry. Maybe the, the language of the Mishnah was not Holech, Holech means to bring it. Rather, it was Helech. Helech is like kind of like a combination of Helecha. Here, I'm giving it to you. Helech is much more of a giving type of, of language, which is very much similar to Zachi. You should be Zochinus. So, therefore, the Gemara says it's not a riot from our Mishnah because maybe our Mishnah was, refer- was referring to a case where the terminology used was Helech, where it's much more like he's actually giving it. The Gemara goes on and says, Pshita, it's obvious that Ish. A male can be a shliach to bring a get to a woman. Why? The normal thing is that a man is going to bring a get to his wife. It also makes sense, it's also obvious, that a woman can be a shliach, can be appointed as an agent to pick up the get. Why? That's the normal way of the land. A woman accepts the get from her husband. So just like to explain it, in as much as the male can deliver the get to his wife, he could appoint another male to deliver it. And as much as a woman could actually accept the get, she could appoint another woman in her stead to get it. So the Gemara asks, Ish Kabbalah, how about a man accepting the, the get for a woman? The Isha la'olacha, and a woman, a female, bringing the get to the wife. My, what's the halacha? Gemara says Tashima. Let's try to bring a raya. Ha'omer hiskaba getzel ishti, a person who says, accept this get for my wife, oholich getzel ishti, or bring this get to my wife, imratza lachzar, yachzar. He wants to get back out. The Mishnah continues, Ha'isha sha'amra iskaba likiti, a woman who says, except a get for me, in Ratzalachzer, lo yachzer, you can't back out. Gemara says, it seems, my love, let's assume, bechat shliach, referring to the same shliach, just different details of how the person was appointed. So it would seem like, it's the same person. The same person is always going to be either a male or a female. So we have a raya that it could be either one. If you're able to accept it, you could actually be the one to bring it. Gemara says, Lo, Talk about two different people. Your assumption that it was the same person, just under different circumstances, is inaccurate. Tashima, 
Gemara tries to bring another ayah. Fikach. Therefore, im amar lo abal. If the husband would say, I don't want you to accept it for her. I just wanted to give it to her. He could still back out. In that case, it's clear that it's one shliach. Why? Because she went to her friend and said, Rachel, do me a favor. Can you go accept my get for me? I don't want to have to look at him. I don't want to have to be with him. You accept it for me. She goes and he says to her, Rachel, thank you for picking up the get. I'm not giving it to you. I don't want you to accept it for her. I just want you to deliver it to her. The halacha is, it works. So now she switches. She becomes a shliach l'halacha. He has the ability to switch her role from being a shliach l'kabala to being a shliach l'halacha. Clearly, shma'amina, kasha l'kabala, kasha l'halacha. We have a raya that if you're good enough to accept it, for her, you're good enough to bring it, so therefore it's the same person. In such a case, clearly, it was either a woman or a man, but it makes no difference. You can be either one for shliach. Pshat mina, yishavi shliach lekabala. We can understand from the following that a man can be a shliach lekabala. Why? Shekain av mekabal get lebito. We have a precedent that a father can accept a get for his daughter, Labito Katana, for his young, for his young daughter. Whether a, a woman could serve as a shliach lahalacha to bring the get tibolach, my. Obi the halacha, Amar of Mari, Tashmat spring araya, af hanashim, she'ain ne'emanos lomar, meis baila, ne'emanos lahavi eskita. V'asim halachahi. Remember, we had this previously in this Masechta as well. There are certain women whose relationship to a man is not very good. And therefore, we didn't ex- accept their edus, their testimony, to say that he died. The list includes a mother-in-law, a mother-in-law's daughter, a co-wife, a number of other people who have a bit of a testy relationship with, with him. But nevertheless, even though they're not actually believed to actually testify that he's dead, they can be the ones who are going to carry the get. We're going to bring the get. So it says clearly, another right from the end of that Gemara. As it says, We also have a right from the end of that Brisa, the Tikatani Sefer, for it says the end of that Brisa, Ha'isha Atzma Mevia Skita. A woman herself could bring her get. If a woman's bringing her get from Chutlar to Eretz Yisrael, she can do that as long as she says it was written and signed in front of me. That both men and women can serve both as a shliach l'halacha to bring the get and as a shliach l'kabala to accept the get. We'll stop here for today. Have a wonderful day.